Hello, and welcome to Talk Steam to Me, a podcast by Spyrax Sarco. We are the world's leaders in steam technology, offering the industry's most extensive range of products and services across a variety of industries. We create solutions that set the benchmark for steam using organizations worldwide, working with you to improve productivity, save energy, and reduce waste. Thanks for listening today to episode 11 in our Talk Steam to Me podcast series. In this episode, Spyrex Sarco Steam experts Steve Wacha and Fortunato Sasaki discuss the different types of flow meters and the benefits of using them in your steam system. Best practices for achieving accurate flow measurement are covered, along with how to save energy, improve sustainability, and maximize efficiency. The solutions mentioned in this episode can be tailored to your industry's needs. If you'd like to speak to your local STEAM expert, get in touch today via our website at spirexarco.com slash US. Hi, how are you? I'm Fortunato Sasaki. I will be your host today. I'm Brazilian. I'm production engineer. And uh, I have been working for Spirex above 30 years now. Uh, I, I, I work for Spirex for co- four countries, and uh, now I'm a divisional STEAM specialist. Uh, join to us today, Steve Watcher. Hi, Steve. Could you please introduce yourself? Okay, hello, and thank you, Fortunato. Uh, good day to you all. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And with uh, my experience, I bring 30 years within the flow meter industry where I specialize as an electronics technician, a technical support engineer, and as well as a applications engineer on various flow meter types. I work out of the office in the USA, and I'm currently located in Colorado where we have numerous flow meter companies that I run into and experience every day. Nice, nice. Thank you to be with us. Um, I have been working on projects uh, last uh, three years, mainly talk about sustainability benefits. No, there is a kind of a trend to start to to measure and understand the total energy that we have in their process. No, just just to give you some example from the total world energy. 30% is used for transportation, 20% used for electricity, and 50% used for heating. If we, if we go, we go deep in on industry, we're going to see 51% of the industrial energy is used for heating. I believe it's for this reason we are here today, you know. Spirex is very connected with heating, you no. Know? Uh, there is big challenge in the market, you know. We see, we see some international companies, big companies talk about to reduce 50% of total energy up to 2030. Uh, some of them talk about reduce 100% uh, energy from fossil fuels up to 2050. There is a big challenge in the market, you know. Do you think, Steve, that the meter can help us with these kind of goals that we have nowadays? Great information there, Fortunato, and a great question. I agree that 
in order to achieve sustainability initiatives, there is a need for such projects to help uh, become more sustainable and reduce energy on our carbon footprint. Therefore, using flow meters will be very valuable in helping us with those projects. We have to be able to measure what we're using, consuming, in order to set a baseline so that we know, you know, where we can save at. So basically what I'm saying is if we don't collect data, how do we know what we're using? But if we do collect data, we've also got to be able to analyze that data to help us with understanding where we can save at. So by collecting this data, you know, we get a great baseline and know where to start. Metering allows us to accomplish that. And then it allows us to prove the results when we actually do go forward with a project to save on that energy or reduce our carbon footprint. So I think it's, it's obvious need to have flow meters when we're talking about sustainability and reducing energy and our carbon footprint. Oh, wow. Yes. On, on top of this, I, I was seeing some, something change in the market, you know, I, 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 for example, it's very on production side, it's very common to see uh, a specific con- consumption, like a pounds per unit, you know, how pounds of energy or steam that you use per unit. Nowadays, some customers are talking about BTUs per unit, you no? Know? like uh, I want to know more the energy that I'm using, you no, know? because um, it's a focus, you no. Know? Do you think that it's possible to measure the energy instead of mass flow? Is it possible to convert that one? Oh, yes, definitely we can measure energy and energy usage. Uh, there are a variety of ways of doing that. Um, it depends on the fluid that we're talking about. Um, so with a meter, we can measure, say, like, for an example, on steam. Uh, with a meter, we can actually measure the steam that we are uh producing and using, and then we can measure, say, a temperature of a condensate return coming back and making, you know, an assumption here or there, you know, we can come up with a theoretical value for the amount of energy that it gets used. Um, Same thing can happen with chilled and hot water systems as well. But, you know, on on the way of steam, you know, that's what we would do is measure the steam temperature of the condensate being returned and do an energy calculation that way. Yeah. Yes. I imagine that it start to measure all the services, no water, gas, steam converted in energy and start to measure the energy efficiency for the process. No, this is a new mindset. No going more specific on steam, Steve. Uh, steam and condensate, there is some relation, no? because when you return the condensate, return treated water with a good temperature, it means we return the water uh, retreated, no, without any contamination, as well with some energies. No, it, it's uh, very interesting to measure the condensate return index. No, is it possible to to do this kind of measurement? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Great. Again, uh, question and leading me into thoughts on my last answer. Um, you know, understanding efficiency on a steam system. Yeah. We need to know first, how much steam are we producing? 
But along with that, you know, we need to know the gas that it takes to create the, the fire on the boiler to heat up the water that we're also supplying in. So we're going to want to measure the water to produce the steam. Once we're able to do that, you know, we measure that steam coming from the boiler, the water we're providing, along Mm -hmm. with the gas, and then we can determine how efficient the boiler is actually operating. Uh, This will give us areas that we can look at to improve on that efficiency. Uh, This would also include, uh, you know, going out to points of use locations throughout a facility where we can determine energy being used and returned to the system by measuring the steam and the steam used and the temperature of the Mm -hmm. condensate to provide that simple energy calculation. That's what I was talking about before. And then any variations that we have in the system, like when we blow down a boiler or we uh, have some sort of a reduction in the condensate being returned, maybe there's Uh a leak, maybe we're putting too much condensate to the drain and we have that opportunity to return more. But we'll be able to tell that because what we're going to want to do is we're measuring the makeup or fresh water that we're putting into the boiler. So when we are returning less condensate, we're going to be using more fresh water. So if we can increase that return of condensate, we'll have a lesser measurement on the fresh water. And that's definitely a place where we're saving energy. What you're also talking about, the saving on chemicals that are used to treat that fresh water for the boiler to be used. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a great way. And finding an easier, more efficient way to measure obviously is the fresh water and not the condensate. Condensate for us it can be very difficult, actually difficult for many flow metering companies uh, as condensate very often comes in a two phase flow condition where we're seeing flash steam along with the water. And most, if not all, flow meters, you know, do not like to measure two phases of flow. It's very, very difficult. Um, so by measuring the fresh yes. water, you know, that's how we can tell how efficient the system is and, and, uh, returning more condensate will help us, uh, you know, see a drop in the fresh water makeup and therefore I think overall increase in the efficiency. And I feel that's probably the biggest place we can make a, a return on a boiler operation is bringing back more condensate. Yes, I, I really push the idea to 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 check the condensate return because it's a kind of a way to analyze the system, no? And that you are completely right. It's, it's difficult to measure just one point to define that one. But uh, for me, the condensate return index is a step before to measure and calculate the boiler house efficiency. This, this is the next step to to develop okay. this other thing is very important because sometimes we we focus on burner efficiency just a part of process but boiler house efficiency talk about very much on this no let's jump a, a, a more explore a little bit more your knowledge you know how about the meter types no uh what do you consider the better choice is that one better than another or how to choose the meter oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really, really good question. Um, so selection of a meter takes in, you know, many various, uh, many variations. 
Ah, okay. Again, nice. a great question. Um, there are many types of meters we can actually use here at Spyrix. Um, and there's many variables that actually go into that. So at Spyrix, you know, our, we look at orifice plates, vortex meters, variable area, boat, very, sorry, variable area. That's a hard word to say sometimes. Target mm-hmm. meters, ultrasonic, electromagnetic and thermal mass. Um, so granted, all of those don't work on every fluid that there is out there. So obviously that's one of the things we consider when we're picking out a flow meter is what type of fluid are we measuring? So today we've talked about steam, water, and gas. That's probably three different meter types that we'd be looking at. Um, so other things that can, you know, help us consider what type of meter we're going to be using is the size of the pipe, mm-hmm. pressure and temperature of the fluid, but most importantly, you know, the expected flow range at each location where we're going to look at installing mm-hmm. meters. Um, other factors that, you know, might come into the decision making is how much space the customer has to install a meter. This includes upstream and downstream pipe diameters. And as piping changes, those variables uh, can increase even more for a flow meter. So if you've got piping or you're trying to, uh, you've got like out of plane elbows, uh, before a metering run, that's going to cause you, ex- you know, a, a mm-hmm. quite a bit more of straight pipe run that you need than if you're just between elbows or you have this really, really nice long straight run. We, we don't find that very often, the really, really nice long straight runs. There are usually a lot of bends, twists, sometimes other equipment installed in there. So those things, you know, play a part in possibly what we can put into a smaller footprint to help the customer out. Um, yes. And then a really important thing, particularly on steam is, or a number of other fluids is, um, you know, the quality of that fluid. So for steam, you know, moisture content. So if we've got very wet steam, we, we want to make sure that we at least recommend if, you know, a, a moisture separator, a strainer and a trap set upstream to get the best quality. That's best practice approach for flow meters. That way we get better life and better readings from our flow meters. Uh, so that's something important to remember as well. It's not just about the flow meter. We've also got to condition sometimes things just right in order for us to be able to measure and measure well. Yes. It makes me think that we have to analyze the application the, the really situation, spaces and flow and sizes before choose the type, no? Good, good, good comment. And imagine that I'm using steam and I want to control the steam mass flow. Is it possible to do? Like a combination uh, control valve and, and meter? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. Certainly. Um, you know, at the points of steam usage, we can use meters upstream of control valves. And again, I stress upstream of control valves. That way we avoid pressure variations that can cause problems in metering. Um, and along with that, once we're measuring that steam, we can use the output from the flow meter to go to a controller that can then be used to help control that control valve. So it become a more efficient modulating system of the delivery of steam and we're avoiding those highs and lows to run a more uh, smooth process 
Therefore, you know, if we've gotten rid of the peaks and valleys and we're running more evenly, we make that system even more efficient as well. So that's another place where we're talking about sustainability and and saving energy. The better we can do that, the better, you know, the customer's going to get results. Yeah, because I imagine, for example, in certain moment, uh, the, the production can define the maximum energy to use in the process. And uh, the control valve could care about this. No, don't, don't, don't cross this maximum set point. No, this is a, a this is a good thing to to apply in this new sustainable mindset. No, good. Right. Just a more specific question for steam. I heard about density compensation for meters. What 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 is this? Okay. Yeah. No, super question. Um, and one that I've dealt with many times in my career. Um, so any fluid that has density that changes due to pressure or temperature, um, like steam and gases, something that's compressible, it's very important to make sure that you account for those changes in the pressure and or the temperature. Otherwise you'll see problems with the accuracy in the mass flow measurement on saturated steam, for example. We can measure either temperature or pressure. Um, typically today, I would say more likely it's to measure temperature. It's probably easier, a little bit easier, more cost efficient to do so, um, to look up the, the density of the steam. Uh, but you can do it with either pressure or temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, in superheated steam or like other gases that are compressible, uh, where we're measuring mass flow, you're going to also want to make sure that you're measuring the other uh, variable. So if you're measuring temperature, mm-hmm. also include pressure or vice versa. So very important to measure density because the difference in density itself from one condition to another is how much extra inaccuracy you'll add to a mass flow calculation. And again, remember, a control valve or a pressure regulator in the line, it's best to put your measurement device upstream of that, including pressure and temperature. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's not rare to see uh, pressure, uh, uh, the steam pressure variating the line. By the way, the boiler turn on, turn off burner is a 14, 15 psi variation. It is normal to have this variation. Definitely. Um, Yes, let's jump on on the connectivity of things. No, um, how is it to to upload this to connect these steam meters and upload the data on the web or transfer the values? Is is possible right. to do that? Uh, yeah, certainly. So things I've seen you know change over the years. Uh, you know, in the past it was always four to twenty milliamp and like mm-hmm. digital pulse type signals for flow and total. Um, with development in technology, we see other ways of doing things now. Um, and though those things are still common, the four to 20 impulses, we also have ways of getting the data out of the meter through digital formats. Uh, communications like Modbus and BACnet are very, are much more common today in the flow meters than they ever were. And those allow us to get many more variables than just flow in total. We can see temperatures and pressures that we're measuring as well. We can get historical data. Uh, it's a good way to capture trending and, and you can get those highs and lows. So 
it's very possible to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do all of that and to uh, get that all into a, you know, a customer's management system quite easily nowadays. Okay, nice. Thank you, guys. I hope you liked this conversation, this connection between meters and megatrends. And thank you so much to be here. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, you're very welcome. And I was glad to uh, be included in this today. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and join us again soon. If you have any questions about the content covered in this podcast, please reach out to us or your local Spyrex Sarco engineer at www.spyrexsarco.com slash US. Follow Spyrex Sarco USA on LinkedIn and watch for future episodes coming online soon.